Hello, and welcome to the Alacrial Tarot Podcast, your source for learning all 78 cards in the deck, deepening your understanding and developing your intuition, as well as general advice on your tarot journey. I'm Alacrial, a tarot reader from California, and your host for this podcast. In this episode, I cover what things tarot can be used for, and what things we need to begin to learn tarot. Spoiler alert, you don't need much to get started. I also mention some tips and practices designed to help you build up your foundation of keywords and associations with each card, from pathworking and journaling to practice readings for celebrities. I hope you find the episode both entertaining and informative, and that you enjoy the show. Episode number two. What can we do with tarot? Well, tarot has so many applications, from academic to practical to creative. The list could go on and on. Honestly, we could talk about all of the different applications and uses of tarot for quite some time. There is a reason that it has been around for so long. Now, this is not a history of tarot episode, so I'm not going to go into all of those points. But the point is that tarot has been around for quite some time, and it has some staying power. It hasn't just died off and gone away and been lost to history. And the reason for this is because people have found it useful, various different stages of life and through various different historical ages. So... In order to talk about it in this podcast, I have boiled it down into about three points. How can we use tarot? Well, the first one is the most obvious one, so I'll get it out of the way first. Uh, We can use it to gain insight about the past, present, and future. Now, the past and the present are arguably far easier to talk about than the future, the reason being we can see them. We know what has happened in the past, uh, or at least in our personal past. We can see what is happening in our present with varying degrees of clarity. But the future is, uh, you know, yet to happen. It, it's a bit of a mystery still, and that's sort of one of the ways that we can use tarot, is to demystify the future. Now, the future gets all the glamour and all the attention because it is the most mysterious. But the present can still be mysterious. I can remember various points during the events of my life where I was confused about what was going on around me, uh, the motivations of other people, my own motivations, uh, actions that I was considering taking or had recently taken. So the present can be a little bit mysterious as well. And the past is just the same. No exceptions there. We only have one perspective on our personal past, that being our own. Um, but sometimes it's really helpful to take tarot cards to it to see other energies that were at play during the events of the past and how those events in the past are influencing our present or are helping to shape our future. So through the use of tarot spreads, we can look at any of these places along the timeline, past, present, or future, And we can see the way that they relate to one another and they relate to our decision making. So that is the first and most obvious way in which we use tarot. The next would be we can use it to tell stories and to spark creativity. There are whole books out there on this subject, guys and dolls. 
So I'm not going to go into it too much myself because this is an application that I do not use the tarot for routinely. But if you are a creative individual and you are needing an idea, say you're a painter and you want inspiration about the next painting you're going to paint, you can totally lay out a tarot spread, pick cards, put them into a spread, see the story that the cards are telling, and you can interpret that into a painting. If you're a fashion designer, you can do the same thing. You can draw maybe even just one card and meditate on that card. Say you draw the Queen of Swords. What does the Queen of Swords say to you? How would you dress the modern Queen of Swords? And you can make a dress all about that. So tarot can be used to spark creativity, and it can definitely be used to tell stories. There are events and happenings and personalities and energies that are happening within each tarot card and by laying out a spread you can see all of those different points and you can string them together just like you would points along a plot line for a movie or a story. Uh, So in that way tarot can be a great way to get the creative juices flowing. The last way in which we can use tarot is we can use it in magic. Now It has numerous applications within this sort of umbrella term, magic. We can use tarot in so many different ways. Um, We can look at tarot as archetypal energies, and we can use them in spellcraft. We can use a specific tarot card as maybe a template for the creation of a servitor or a magical servant, an energy which we are going to set forth into the world to accomplish our magical purposes, Um, kind of like a spell, a little bit like a spell. Or we can use the cards in a kind of a magical meditative practice or uh, in another practice that is often referred to as pathworking, uh, which involves the selection of a card and drinking in all the imagery and going into that card in your mind, interacting with the characters within that card, talking with them, seeing what things they may have to say to you. It is a practice that I personally have not yet done, but it is something that I am very curious about and want to do going forward very soon sometime. So I definitely see the purpose behind that because it will help to connect you to a deck. If you don't pathwork with your deck, you're not going to have the same connection to it as if you had path worked with it. But path working takes a long time. There are 78 cards in a tarot deck. Um, so it's going to take a long time to go through each one. If you meditate for even a half hour on each one, that's a considerable time commitment. And I think that's one of the reasons that it takes so long for people to complete the process or why people avoid it altogether. It's certainly one of the main reasons that I have avoided it up to this point. And yet I felt that it was worth a mention because it is definitely something that you can do with the tarot and it is very important. Okay, now that we know some of the things that we can do with tarot, How do we go about getting started with it? Well, the first thing to know about getting started with tarot is that you don't need all the bells and whistles commonly associated with a tarot or spiritual practice. In fact, it might be easier for me to list the things that you don't need. Things that you don't need include a tarot cloth or scarves to wrap up your cards in. You don't need crystals or a special table. You don't need candles or essential oils or incense. You don't need tarot books. You don't even need a ready-made list of clients or querents that are interested in your services right away. Truthfully, the only thing that you do need is a tarot deck. 
And that brings me to my recommended deck for beginners. If you are just starting out on your tarot journey, I think it is important that you do a little bit of research about the history of tarot, and the best deck that you're going to find uh, with the most resources online to help you learn, and the most resources in terms of podcasts and YouTube videos, and generally the most entry-level, user-friendly type of deck, I think, is the Rider Waite Smith Tarot deck. Now, you could get the original, or you could get the uh, Radiant Rider Waite. Basically, the Rider Waite Smith Tarot deck is sort of the standard, the gold standard for tarot, if you will. Um, I won't go into all of the history of that, although it is kind of a fascinating story. Um, the guy that commissioned the deck and the artist that worked on the deck, and then all of the ways that the images and symbols on the cards have been interpreted over the years. Um, so that's definitely a topic for research independently, if you are so inclined. But it's a good deck to start out with, uh, for the reason that it is fairly standard, it has clear images, and it has full figures uh, doing things on each card, including on all of the uh, pips that would be like numbers 1 through 10 of each of the suits. And that's really important when you're first learning because the more images that you have to associate symbols and meanings with, the easier it's going to be for you. For these reasons, it is my favored deck for getting started. Now, the next question would be, how do we go about learning tarot? Firstly, I think it is important to build up your knowledge of keywords and associations for each card. This is a process that takes some time, so basically, anybody that's claiming to be able to teach you tarot in five minutes is lying. You are not going to have the deep knowledge of tarot that you want in five minutes. It's like anything. Anything that's worth doing well is going to take some time, it's going to take some practice and some repetition, but you will get better at it, you will get good at it, and before long it'll be, you know, just the sort of thing that you know, like the back of your hand, so to speak. I think that building up associations between the imagery on the cards and the keywords is the quickest way to get a good, solid foundation. From there, you can go on to looking at individual cards, symbology, and meanings, and associations, and experiences that you're having in your life. For example, the Queen of Cups may remind you a great deal of your mother, and so the Queen of Cups, whenever it comes up in a reading, may have for you specific meanings about uh, motherhood, about compassion and love and a nurturing mothering style, rather than, for example, the Queen of Pentacles or maybe the Empress, you know. It's all, it's all becomes very personal after a while, but that only happens after you've got a solid foundation and can begin to flesh out what the cards mean for you as a tarot reader and what personal associations you're going to bring. So, first of all, do everything you can to learn the keywords and associations that are sort of broadly accepted for each card, and then you can start to customize and go off from there. The next thing is to memorize the imagery on each card. If you tell me any specific card, I immediately have images that come to my mind from, first of all, the Rider-Waite-Smith, because it's the deck that I learned off of, and so 
I immediately think, for example, if you say three of swords, I immediately see a heart with three swords going through it. It's not illustrated that way on every deck, but because the writer White Smith is the one that I learned from, that is the first image that pops to my mind. I also have a few of my favorite decks that aren't necessarily Rider Waite, and so I can sometimes see those images as well. But the deck that you practice with the most is going to be easiest for you to memorize the images on, and memorizing the images is just going to give you that extra firm foundation. Knowing keywords is important, but being able to recall the images, even if the card is not in front of your face, will also be a tremendous help to you. Next, it is important to begin to associate life events or energies that you encounter in life with specific cards. And this goes along with what I was saying. It's the second part of learning the keywords and laying your foundation in tarot. After you've got your keywords, then you can start to look at the cards and how they apply to your life and see what they mean to you personally as an individual, as a human, as a tarot reader. Once you start to make your own personal connections and associations with the cards, you're going to have a a more unique reading style because you're going to bring those associations and those connections and those intuitive insights into each reading that you do. And that also takes time. There are many strategies for it. Some of those might be doing a card a day. So you might go through uh, the tarot deck, drawing one card per day, learning the meanings and associations of it when you draw it, and committing them to memory, and then going on to a new one in the next day. Alternatively, you might just choose to keep the deck all together, shuffle it up, and draw one card per day. So this is different than the learning one card per day because you don't necessarily put the cards that you've learned from the previous days back into the deck. But with this way, you'll be drawing a card uh, with the intent of uh, identifying some energy that is coming to you in that day that the card is going to be talking about that you can then associate back to that card. And that may take a little bit longer because sometimes you might get repeat cards, of course. If you get repeat cards, don't be discouraged. It just means that that energy is rather pervasive in your life. So look around and see what kind of energies you've got lingering in your life and what the card that you've pulled might be trying to tell you. Um, And in that way, you can begin to build up your personal associations with each card. Other things you can do. You need to practice reading. So practice on willing friends and family. Chances are, if you start to say, hey, yeah, I've started reading tarot, I've started to study the tarot cards, you're going to have people that are interested in getting readings from you. Chances are, you're probably not going to be able to charge for these readings, but that's perfectly all right because you're going to gain experience from that. Reading for people is incredibly useful because you can get feedback. But even if you don't have people that are available, Uh, to read for. You can easily pull cards, completely hypothetical individuals, so like you can read for your imaginary friend Harold, (laughs) or you can pull cards for a teddy bear, or you can try and do readings for the celebrities, just basically whoever you want, but the point is you are practicing. So you are looking at using your intuitive muscles to make associations with each of the cards that are coming up and identifying your keywords, kind of like a flashcard activity, just a little bit nicer, a little bit easier, and a little bit more engaging. But that's essentially what you're doing there. Now, obviously, this isn't ideal because you don't have an actual person sitting across from you, so you won't be able to necessarily get any reading off of their personal energy or tailor a reading for them because it's all hypothetical. But it will at least help to reinforce the keyword meanings that you have been working so diligently on learning. And so that's very important. 
Other things that you might do to help you begin to learn the tarot are to keep a tarot journal. I personally have not done this, only because I am not very good at maintaining a journal habit. I am so envious of those people that can. The closest I've gotten is doing bullet journaling, and we can cover that topic if there is interest in it on another episode. But basically, I have a real problem, and I struggle with keeping a journal entry day by day, no matter what the topic is or what what we're talking about. And so it was with tarot, you know, but I know that some people get a great deal of satisfaction from keeping a journal. So if you want to draw a tarot card each day and then record what card you drew and then what things happen in the day that seem to be associated with that card and what the moon was doing at the time or any of this type of information, that can be really, really useful for you. Keeping a record of at least 78 days, you know, if you do one card per day and do one journal entry about one of those cards that you're drawing each day, you're going to be able to look back and you're going to have a really nice record that will enable you to draw broader conclusions and to reflect on your experience of learning the cards, you know, more holistically. So if you are one that can keep a journal, I highly recommend it. It's really, really useful. I just know that for me personally, I am not disciplined enough to do that. And so if you are like me and not disciplined enough to go ahead and remember to make your journal entry every day, not to worry. There are other things that you can do. Uh, Even just doing your card a day exercises, like I mentioned earlier, without a journal entry can still be very useful. And if you're anything like me, you will go to tarot podcasts and tarot YouTube videos, and you will begin to listen to what other people have to say about the cards, and you'll just start to think about them consistently. Doing this, consuming the content that other people have put out there, is a really useful way to do it too. As long as you are able to see the connections, um, seeing repetitions. Sometimes you'll see the exact same word repeated in a number of different content creators' ideas about what each card means, and that would seem to be a pretty good foundation keyword, wouldn't it? So, for example, one of the foundational keywords that you'll find across the board on many people's websites or books or podcasts or YouTube videos about, for example, the Three of Swords would be the keyword of heartbreak, and that is because oftentimes it is talking about difficult emotions. So yes, given that it appears so much across so many different people's experiences, it is a pretty safe assumption that we can include that keyword as part of our foundational set of words when we are learning the tarot. The last tip that I can give for how we can begin to learn the tarot is, and it is a bit cliched, but I think it's important to remember, you must have fun with it. You must always remember to go with what works for you. Embrace your personal style and don't let people tell you that X, Y, or Z way is the only way or that this is the only right way. That seems to happen very infrequently, or I might have just gotten really lucky. When I began learning tarot and when I got into this spiritual path, nobody tried to tell me you must do it this way or, you know, you can't do that. No, don't listen to this type of methodology. That doesn't make any sense. Nobody seemed to do that. But I know that there are lots of people out there who have been told, oh, it must be this way. It must be that way. I'm here to tell you, no. The true power of tarot or of 
really a lot of the esoteric spiritual disciplines seems to be that you get to personalize it for your experiences. What resonates with you is what you get to continue doing. You don't have to do anything out of obligation because there is no organized religious structure around tarot that is going to say, nope, you've done it wrong and we're excommunicating you because of it. No, that is not going to happen, so make sure that you have fun with it, make sure that you listen to what your intuition is telling you about what resonates for you and what methods work for studying the tarot for you, and go ahead and lean hard into those. It will take time, it will take patience, but you will get there. Just give yourself the time and the patience that you need and really relish the process, because it is a process of learning tarot. I am still learning tarot. People that have been reading for 50 years are still learning tarot. It's just one of those things. You never know all there is to know. It can surprise you after the longest time. After you think you've got it all figured out, it can turn everything on its head for you. But that's what makes it interesting. And there you have it. What is your favorite deck for learning tarot? Do you have a particular method or meditative practice that makes it especially easy for you? What about pathworking? Have you tried it? Is it worth the investment of time, or are you better off using another technique? In closing, I'd like to make a special thank you to the incredibly talented Dylan Craig for providing the music for our show. If you would like to collaborate on a musical project or book a recording session with him, please see his contact information in the show notes. As always, please feel free to contact me via email at alacrealtarot at gmail.com. That's A-L-A-C-R-A-E-L-T-A-R-O-T at gmail.com with questions, comments, and general thoughts. I happily read for clients both near and far, and if you are interested in booking a reading with me, please feel free to reach out. If you enjoyed the show and would like to help keep it going, please consider becoming a patron. All patrons receive extra weekly content ranging from blog posts to additional podcast episodes to tarot readings and taroscopes. You can also connect with me on Instagram and YouTube at Alacrial Tarot. Thanks again for listening, and blessed be. Mm-hmm.